Hey, this is Mike. Um, last week we started talking about the Australian comic strip Fatty Finn, supposedly beloved by that continent, and the 1980 film adaptation thereof. And we talked so much that we had to split it into two parts. So this week, please enjoy the conclusion to our discussion of Fatty Finn. Some of your favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol can ruin your life. So watch the program. Talk about it with your It gets per- they they pull guns on Fatty Finn and everything, you know. Like they're going, they want they're like, all right, well, well, should we kill this kid? Well, no, let's see what he brought. And it's like, oh, it turns out the the jewels that he was entrusted to bring them are good enough. So they're like, okay, yeah. let's not. There was a mouse in there for some reason, but yeah, I was a little confused. Did Fatty Finn put it there? Like, no, does he I have think a mouse? The other guy did. Yeah. Oh, that was the, odd. yeah the guy that looked like. Uh... The guy that looked like Bob Odenkirk, who gave him the package yeah. in the first place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everyone they, in this scene looks like it's... Look, this whole scene looks like it comes from Mr. Show. Yeah, it really does. Um, kind of the whole but, movie does, honestly. Yeah, there's definitely, a, there's definitely a lot. It definitely feels like... Um, what was it? The, um, uh, the fucking John Philip Sousa skit that they did. Yeah, it does! <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, Fatty Finn, he, unfortunately, he doesn't, this career doesn't last very long because the cops come and arrest everyone. And it seems like they want to arrest Fatty too, but the, uh, what's her name? The main gangster lady, Martha McGrath or whatever, is all like, ah, let him go. Here's, here's, here's some, here's some money for you, Fatty. But then. They don't, the cops don't even question that. Yeah. Um, but then he loses that money. I can't remember how. Oh, because his father makes him give it to him. Oh, can oh, we talk about right. his parents? Uh, actually, his dad is the best character in this movie because, well, for one thing, he's actually fat. Uh, yeah, but yeah. for another, he's, you know, he is a very subtle kind of scum. The way he the way he yeah. guilts Fatty into giving him his money so he can buy uh, the mom a Mother's Day gift. And Fatty has no money left for anything. So his mom's like, well, no dinner for you then. Yes, yes, mom. Yeah, the dad just watches that happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, a, what an asshole. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, really, when I saw that, I was like, he's... Because like, well, it's like, wow, he's like the real villain of this movie, you know, yeah. which I mean, <clears throat> I feel like that is speaking of dads, though. What what oh, yeah, is Bruiser's a... dad? What is going on with him? He's a bookie. Oh, he's a bookie. And I mean, it's weird because he is putting incredible pressure on his son. Like, yeah, he he's all like, son. You need to defeat Fatty Finn in the big goat race or else our family name will be besmirched forever and we'll have to move away and live in Queensland. And it's like, (laughs) okay, so what I'm getting out of this is like, look, this is a movie where here are the stakes. 
if our our if our hero wins, he gets a radio, and if he loses, nothing bad happens to him. Whereas Bruiser Murphy is literally like he's racing for his life here. You know, his yeah. his dad is basically saying he's going to be disowned if he doesn't win. You know, <laughs> so what? I feel like we should really be on Bruiser's side here yeah. because he's got way more to lose. Um, and plus, like it's like his dad is basically saying you have to beat fatty finn you can't let his gang push you around so does bruiser murphy actually even want to be at war with fatty finn or is he yeah. just being pressured by his dad yes yeah, and what does his dad have against fatty finn i and, mean that's and why do they live in a house full of animals yeah that's right he's got like i mean what he's got this house full of like kangaroos and like wombats and cages yeah. um, there's a freaking komodo dragon in there it's like, so a monitor lizard. Yeah. Yeah. He brings it to school at the end. It's, <laughs> it's very weird. Um, and also like, uh, bruiser Murphy was like shooting, uh, slingshots at this woman in, in the backyard. I guess that's his mom. Yeah, I guess. But she seems to be like, is she having an affair with a garbage man who keeps showing up? What is going on with that? Or something. Yeah. The garbage man is into her, which is, you know, you suck. He's singing this song about how you're as beautiful as you were when I met you in high school. And then she comes out and she's really fat. So I'm so confused about the, the, the Murphy family dynamic here. <laughs> it's it's so strange. Um, anyway, it also is great that like Bruiser's dad, um, Mr. Murphy, he is also wearing like, what is, what is this outfit that he's got on? It's like, again, this weird plaid suit. <laughs> Yeah, everyone is dressed like uh, I don't know, like Matilda's dad, like a uh, like a sleazy car salesman. Yeah, <laughs> they all. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> That's exactly what the this outfit is. It's it's sleazy car salesman. Um, we can't see this dad. ad for hair restorer. It looks like it was drawn by R. Crumb. <laughs> oh, that's right. That keeps showing up like it's going to be important. Um, I wonder if it's a call out to something like in the strip or something. Yeah, maybe um, it's maybe it has to. Do, maybe that's the explanation for why Fatty isn't bald anymore. Oh, there you go. Well, now now we know. So Fatty <laughs> used wacko his hair, hair store. Yeah, his hair didn't just uh, come back on its own. Hair doesn't do that. Nope. It's it's not like it just grows out of your oh, head. Oh, on the other hand, the uh, the advertisement was on the wall for um, Snoodley's house. And Snoodley has a giant mass of hair, so maybe that's his fortune. Oh, he's a he's a hair tonic tycoon. Yeah. Um okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um I guess oh, we should mention that since when he loses his uh, his his uh, gig as a as a jewel mule, um, he gets hired by Snoodley to teach him. To, Snoodley wants to learn the manly art of fisticuffs. So, um, Fatty, and Fatty, fa is yeah, Fatty is like, okay, yeah, let's box. He's like, yeah, I will happily, uh, you know, take five five pence a week from you to, uh, you know, beat the crap out of you every day. Yeah, he seems really excited about beating beating up Snoodley, though. Snoodley really doesn't do anything that bad in yeah. this. Uh, no. It's not like he's a villain. He's just kind of like, oh, I hate him. He's so rich. Yeah. He's, he's he so has a rich big and room that is full of toys that he doesn't even notice. I mean, yeah. I say, 
you know, and then I look back at my own huge room and all the toys I don't play with. So, mm. Well, yeah. Um, but you know, we're Americans. It's different. We do it. Yes. Yeah. We're, we're uh, just trying to lure a uh, phantom toll booth to land in our room. Yeah. Um, sorry. Uh, so he's, he's, Oh wait, no, before he gets paid to beat up snootily though, he also tries to sell newspapers. Yeah. And that's, is that how he meets the, uh, the crooks? No, it's I not. Think... That's right. The kid, no, just, the no. crook just shows up in his backyard being yeah. chased by cops. The newspapers don't really go anywhere. No. The only reason I think it's interesting is the people he sells newspapers to are all dressed in the most bizarre outfits. Cause even by the standards of this movie, cause one of them appears to be like, there's the town drunk who appears to be dressed like Fred Flintstone, but with a top hat. And there's this guy who is like, I don't know what he looks like. He's wearing like one of the, uh, what he's, he's wearing this green outfit that looks like one of the aliens in uh plan nine from outer space. Yeah, you're right. He looks like, I don't know. He looks like he's supposed to be the guardian of the gates at the Emerald city or something. Yeah. He's like some sort of like, he's some sort of weird, like fantasy bellhop outfit. <laughs> it's, I mean, I was looking at him and be like, is he a chauffeur? What's going on here? But it's never really, brought up and you know the other a lot of other people are just uh dressed like 1930s comic strip characters you know um, yeah that yeah the one guy yeah he's dressed like flash gordon or something and yeah and then there's yeah. the guy in the you know radioactive green uh <laughs> yeah he looks he looks like my vision of mr green from clue <laughs> yeah there's a there's a there's a lot going on in this movie Fatty yeah, Finn. this guy covered... Yeah, you're right. He does look like Fred Flintstone. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Fred Flintstone with a t- pencil mustache. Uh, it's such an odd look. Like, I get most of these people are supposed to look like like Popeye characters, but, like, that guy with his Fred Flintstone outfit, it's like, I don't know what that's supposed to be. Just, yeah, this this whole movie looks like when Maria from Sesame Street would dress up as Charlie Chaplin. That That is a very good way to put it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we've got fatty finn let's see what else does he do to try oh he's got so he's he started uh taking money from snoodley to teach him boxing yes. um and then snoodley is like okay i'll pay you to take my annoying sister to her dance class and uh yeah he looks like macaulay culkin with his hair slicked back yeah Cause yeah, that's what he turns out when he says take her to the dance class. He doesn't mean just take her there. He means like you have to dance with her there, and mm-hmm. um, and it's like oh no, dance class is full of all sorts of nerds. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah these particular kind of you know fancy girls who were wearing you know basically like you know maternity empire waist dresses for five year olds, and they all have <laughs> giant bows in their hair. <laughs> that's how you know that they're like oh god they're just they're just um they're, they're just horrid little girls horrid little, horrid little girls. girls and they're and every time they bow you see their panties and you're you have to not laugh yeah oh god i hate i hate these rich i hate these rich people they're yeah. so they're so foppish <laughs> that's the worst <laughs> thing a rich person can be um but yeah they're not like they're not like you know good salt of the earth poor people like fatty yeah like fatty finn um they have a peacock oh 
Yeah, that's right. The Snoodlies have a peacock on their yard. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway. Um, but uh, it turns out... Oh, yeah, and also, I think Fatty also loses money because he has to bribe cops. Yeah, to- he has to bribe cops because his dog ran away with a sausage. And... <laughs> Yeah, a, a big string of, like, uncooked sausages. Yeah, well, you know, that's how you know it's a cartoon world. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do I do like that this... The, I do like that the, the movie is like, oh, yeah, he's got to bribe cops to, like, get his get his dog out of dog jail. Uh, that's pretty funny. Because um, yeah. he donates to the, what, the, the Widows and Orphans Fund? fund. Yeah. And, uh, and then, yeah, um, let's see. So it's hard to really keep track of what's going on in this movie. Cause it is really just a series of unrelated episodes in Fatty's life as he tries to like make money for a radio. Yeah. Like, which... like I said, it's, it's a lot like, uh, it's a lot like a Christmas story and kind of like, you know, like Annie Hall, you know, it was just kind of a big, big series of, this is what I remember about growing up at this time. And, yeah. Oh, but one thing I forgot is that he didn't just give the money to his dad to to uh, buy the Mother's Day present. He came to his room and found his dad trying to get into his piggy bank. Oh, that's right. That's when the dad lays on the guilt trip. Yeah. His you dad know. who looks whose dad who looks like the storyteller from Welcome to Pooh Corner. <laughs> oh my god, he really does. <laughs> he kind of talks like him too. He does. Well, Piglet was in terrible trouble unless you give me your money, son. <laughs> <laughs> Again, like there are, there are moments in this that are that are um that are that are really kind of like funny and almost ins- I'd almost almost inspired or at least like close enough to to inspiration to like make you go like, "Huh." Um I just wish it wasn't an hour and a half long. Yeah. Cause, cause you know, you it, could, you could condense this into a very funny half hour special. Yes. You know, there's um, a lot of, uh, okay. That's why it's called fatty Finn. Cause there's a lot of fat to trim. <laughs> I do like that. The theme song it, it tells you that he's not actually fat. Yeah. His name is fatty Finn, but he's actually quite thin. It was a terrible name to give him. And we're very, very sorry. <laughs> So a Christmas story is also an hour and a half long, but I don't think it feels that long. No. So, well, I mean, there's there's more good parts in a Christmas story, definitely. Yeah. I wonder if I w- we would feel there were more good parts in this if we were Australian, because a lot of the time be. they just a lot of the time what they say just passes through me and I I don't even hear it. I'm like what? I mean, it does it doesn't help that this movie the version the recording we're watching is very poorly yes. mixed. So very very potato quality. Actually, actually, yeah. it's pretty good quality, but uh, well, for 1980. But uh, yeah, the audio could be better. Yeah, I mean, also they're all talking in mumbly Australian accents, so it's like uh, I don't know what any I don't know what any of this is, man. Um, but maybe if like maybe in Australia where every Christmas they play this on a loop for 24 hours a day on <laughs> TMS or whatever channel they have down there uh maybe this is like a beloved classic and everyone in australia just loves fatty finn the movie as much as they love fatty finn the comic um well and not but in new zealand they run the christmas monsters for 24 hours is that what is that 
Is that a that thing? is, yeah, the, the Christmas Monsters is a movie made in New Zealand about a little girl meeting some monsters uh, for Christmas. The monsters are awesome. They are giant, scary puppets, and it is absolutely ridiculous, and it appeared on Rift Tracks. <laughs> really? Wait, this yeah. is in New Zealand? Yeah. Yeah look, <clears throat> yeah, look up the Christmas Monsters. It's, del- it's a delight. What? 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 What is this? What is this? This is this looks like the pickle from the day the world stood still, or the, the what is it? Or well, not the world stood still. The um, what is that? Oh no, what it's is the that monsters thing? Christmas. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm trying yeah. to think of like they keep calling it a pickle in MST. It's the you know the he tampered in God's domain. Movie. Yeah, that one. The one that's actually like lobster red, and you can't tell because it's black and white. Oh wow. Um, yeah, these Christmas monsters, these all look very Sid and Marty Croft, so... This... Yeah, and the little girl wow. puts on this monster costume, too, that makes her look like Gamera. Oh my god, yeah, I, I really, I think I might have to see this. It's um, delightful. <laughs> man, um, so that is what the, that's what they show in New Zealand for Christmas? Uh, well, I think it is a kind of a minor uh, classic, but not, but not to the point where, uh, you know, it's you know, a crucial part of your Christmas. Maybe it's the, maybe it's the New Zealand equivalent of Witch's Night Out. (laughs) Ah, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, all right. Well, um, anyway, Fatty Finn. Finn, Yeah. (laughs) Fatty Finn. Which this could use some monsters, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, as it is, the only monsters in this are human. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Man. It's like the only the only monsters in this is child abuse and neglect um, and an abusive um, light lamp post that bends over to hit you. Well, yeah, that happens a few times, I guess, because it's a cartoon world. So yeah. um, it's it's a little nod to cartoon physics. Um, but other than that, it, everything's pretty normal. Um, anyway, they have a goat race now. So, yeah, now they, comes the goat race and. Uh, you know, we are told that Bruiser has to win, or else his family will move to uh, Shittyville or something. And so, and so, it's it is a pretty intense goat race, and we see. And okay, so they're not riding on the goats; they're riding in chariots pulled by the goats. So yeah, it's pod racing. And, right. Um, I do like that, of course, because this is a really big deal. So they have all the, you know, the really important, uh, you know, the blue noses of yeah. Um, show up like the Lord mayor and all that shit. Oh, and... wait, we forgot about the, about the fight. Oh, that's right. There is a fight. Um, Bruiser and fatty have a boxing match. And yeah. And, and uh, yeah. And fatty tells, yeah, Bruiser is calling him out, trying to get him to fight right on the lawn. And he says, uh, he says, no, we're going to do it. The, uh, we're going to do it the official way. We're going to, we're going to meet at the gym. There's going to be there's going to be an audience and we're each going to have a second to fight in our place. And that's when uh, and they all they show up and they're going to about to bare knuckle box. And then Fatty is like, oh, I'm not feeling well. I'm going to get my second. And it's it's Snoodles who has now learned to box and he kicks Bruiser's ass. Yeah, um, that's a good payoff for the whole yeah, Snoodles plot line. I mean, I'm glad that went somewhere. So. Um, cause Snoodles also says that he's been taking lessons with someone else too. So yeah. presu- presumably someone who's like really good at boxing because, um, you know, he seems to be better at it than fatty is now. Yeah. So the, the student has surpassed the master. Yeah. 
I want to know who this kid is who's always the referee. This kind of this kind of chubby uh, person of color kid. Yeah, he's got a little bit of an accent. I noticed. Yeah, I so... wonder who or what he is. Where did he come from? Now, I, I mean, he... we did see one black child in this at the fair, but otherwise, it's pretty white. Yeah, Who, who's uh? It's it's like uh, I feel like that that is kind of a. It's like. It's like, oh, we're having a fun fair. Invite your black friend. They can come and see uh, headlights in blackface. They'll love it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, um, so. <laughs> so then comes the then comes the goat race, and yeah, everyone is there. All of the it's this uh, huge event, huge town event to have a regular goat race. So I guess it's kind of like kind of like the cow race in Bone, and uh, yeah. Um, once again, I, I, there's the there's that kid, the the referee kid, who uh, counts everyone off, and Fatty's parents are there, and they're like, "Oh, he looks so great. He's gonna lose." <laughs> I do like the like what's her name? Um the 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 gangster lady is there. Yeah. And she's That's just delightful. Like, she's like, Good luck, Fatty. And I love that. It was like that would be just cut cut that clip there. I would like that as a just <laughs> a reaction luck, uh, gif. Good luck, Fatty. Yeah. Um But uh yeah, so they let her out. I guess she's out on bail, I think they say. So she came yeah. to see uh Fatty in action. Um now what's interesting yeah, so I fat, think is so Fatty gives her a foot long hot dog with a file in it. Now my I I think I'm I'm a little unclear about how this goat race plays out, but I it seems like both sides are cheating. Yeah, every, everyone's cheating. I mean, well, I mean, what what does Fatty do? He did something to the goat, and that is why uh, Bruiser called him out to fight. But I didn't see what the the oh. goat was standing in a big pile of newspaper. Yeah, that's right. And the ghost seems like he's okay now because he yeah. is pulling the cart. So I don't know what's going on there. Um, but yeah, yeah Bruiser's so I... goat is named Bucephalus. Ah, like Alexander the Great's horse. Yes, and like um, uh, Baron Munchausen's horse. Oh, I didn't. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they do this race, and. Um, Everything like uh, all the other contestants keep getting knocked out by the cheat cheating. Yeah. Um, and I guess this is kind of like one of those Harry Potter things where it's like, oh, everyone's cheating. But when our guy does it, it's good. Yeah. One of those Harry Potter things where it's like, you know, there's a whole game happening, but you're only, only really interested in the interplay between these two guys. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So why was it like necessary well. to make have the all these other people? You know, it could have just been a one on one thing. Yeah, um, it is one of those things where it's like, oh, OK, it's it's these two guys are important. They're both cheating. But when Fatty cheats in order to get a radio, it's good. When Bruiser cheats so that his father doesn't disown him, it's bad. Uh, uh, but Bruiser does lose. And it turns out it's actually a good thing because his dad was like, I could count on you to be. I bet all our money on Fatty Finn because I could count on you. on being such a loser. And it's like. <laughs> Jeez, that's kind of kind of harsh. It really know? is. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if my dad said, yeah, I bet I know you're in this race and I bet against you because I know you're such a loser, but I could count on you to lose. I would I think that would cause lasting psychological trauma, to be honest. Um, 
But anyway, it's very funny because Bruiser's the villain. So we like it when bad things happen to him, I guess. Um, though, then, then this ending is a little confusing. Yeah, he runs... He, with his prize money, Fatty finally runs all the way to the pawn shop, only to find that uh, the crystal radio that was supposedly reserved for him has been purchased. And he said, and the pawn shop man is like, sorry, made me a deal I couldn't refuse. And it sort of leads us to think that it was act that uh, it was it was Bruiser who, in a fit of uh, jealousy, bought it just to keep it out of his hands. But it turns out that Bruiser didn't have it. His parents bought it for him. So, yeah, okay. So, so I, so that, it, but the weird thing is, as Fatty is going home, Bruiser is hanging out there watching him and being like, "Yeah, you thought you could beat me? No one will get it's the last laugh on Bruiser." <laughs> now you get it, and it's like, "What are you talking about? You didn't do anything." Yeah, you you didn't. Because it turns out you didn't get the radio before him, so he did get the last laugh on you. You you lost. I mean, I don't know what Bruiser's so smug about in this scene. I know that they're trying to trick us, the audience, into thinking that Bruiser got the radio, but since he didn't, it doesn't make any sense for him to be there making this villain monologue. So yeah, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, either, yeah. Um, but yeah, so since since Fatty doesn't need the money, he uses the money to buy some liquor for his dad and, uh, and a Mother's Day present for his mom. And... Um, and everyone's oh, happy. and it turns out the Mother's Day present that his dad bought for his mom, which I didn't know what they meant. She called it a mangler. It's it's a it's a ringer for for the laundry. Oh, and and it turns out we see that the that the pawn shop man is shining his brand new mangler. So oh, so they so actually they... traded in the Mother's Day gift to get this for uh, Fatty. Oh, it's like a gift of the Magi thing, huh? Yeah. So he didn't oh. need the money. Huh. Well, wait a minute. Wait. Wait a second. So, but they've got the money, so why don't they just go back and buy the Mangler now? Yeah. Oh. And then they'll have both. Well, we don't see. Maybe they do. I don't know. <laughs> but no, because he uses the money to buy liquor and uh, a different Mother's Day present for the mom. So ah, okay. it's like, at this point, it's like, well, why didn't you just get, you could have both of those things that you wanted. I guess I don't know this. Maybe move, you know. Well, uh, maybe we're like, thinking. Well, too we much. already used it. We've mangled our clothes once. They don't need it again. Oh, okay. Actually, you're right. They're like, we'll never need to wash our clothes again. So <laughs> it is Australia, after all. They what do they? How often do they wash their clothes down there? Like once a year? <laughs> yeah, you know, right after the yearly bath. Yeah, you know, that's that's, pro that's probably how they do it down there. And I assume they don't when they have a bath. It's probably in one of those corrugated tin tubs. You know. <laughs> You know, with your with your feet bare feet sticking out of one end while you uh, you know scrub your back with a with scrubber. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually an echidna you... hanging onto a stick for dear life. <laughs> or maybe you just float in a in a tube in the river, and then yeah. when guys come to complain that like some like dipshit kid, some punk kid in America tricked you into accepting a collect call, you can be like, "Hey, what's the good word?" Yeah, you know, it, it finally occurred to me that nobody. That the Simpsons was long enough ago that uh, nobody notices that we're stealing these jokes. Oh, that's a good thing. You know, the funny thing, uh, boy, Australia really got mad about that Simpsons episode. 
Oh, yeah. So they probably remember. Oops. Oh, yeah. The thing is, nowadays, they love it. And they'll tell you that, oh, yeah, we thought it was very funny. No, you didn't, you liars. You guys were so mad about it. I remember. I was there. I I remember how livid with rage the Aussies got about that whole thing. It was all they got as mad about that Simpsons episode as they got about like when they tried to make young Einstein a thing and it wasn't a thing because the America... You know, America had its brief infatuation with Australian culture in the 80s, and the Aussies thought it would last, but it didn't. Um, Also, that episode is... I should also mention that episode is also very, very good for making fun of the American State Department. Yeah. Um, So, because my parents were both both worked for the U.S. State Department, and when we watched that episode, they were like, oh, this cuts to to the quick, you know? (laughs) They, They actually were like... People, are, they were, like, actually upset. They thought that, like, someone would watch that episode and think that the machine that makes the, the toilet flush the right way was a real thing. And it's not? Right to their... No, well, well, we're not supposed well, to say Well, it wasn't it. then, but yeah. now it is. But they were convinced that someone would write to their congressman and got mad and that they'd get a budget cut because of that. Uh, <laughs> it was a very, very good joke. Um, and honestly, uh, yeah, very... It is very, uh, very true to the U.S. State Department because they do a lot. They do a lot of stupid shit like that. There's Um, a lot of waste. Yeah, there's a lot of waste. And a lot of it is like, oh, no, a lot of it is basically like we're we're going to send our Americans to foreign countries. But now they're going to be sad if they can't get a hamburger. So we're going (laughs) to like waste a lot of time bringing America to them. Uh, Very stupid country we have. Anyway, um. But why were we talking about the Simpsons? Oh, because of Australia. Um, yes. Anyway, so I believe the Aussies have uh, have um, gotten a sense of humor about that episode since. Good. And if they haven't, I'm sure we'll hear about it in the comments when all none of our Australian listeners get mad at us. <laughs> I mean, has Brazil forgiven them for having the Simpsons speak Spanish in Brazil? Oh, but why? They do speak Spanish in Brazil. No, they speak Portuguese. Well, I've never. What? What? That's not a real language. I've never heard of that. <laughs> yeah, Portuguese. Yeah, Portuguese. It's the language that the man, man of war speaks. Oh. <laughs> oh, Portuguese. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, I, I, I was thinking of something else. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um. <coughs> uh, did did Brazil get mad about that? Actually, yeah, they, yeah, they really didn't. Yeah, they really did not do the research there. <laughs> yeah, well, they they should know. They should know. We're Americans. That's how we roll. Uh-huh. <laughs> do a Google search. Not in this country. Not um, not in that. Actually, I don't remember what decade that was. Was was Google a thing yet? Um, I feel like the Brazil episode happened. Oh my god. Well, I, I'm going to say fairly recently, but that's probably like 20 years ago. Yeah. Because, you know, because I, I stopped watching The Simpsons. What, like, you know, you know, there's the good age of The Simpsons. Yeah, for me, it was the season nine. It was like, you know, almost as soon as that episode where they went to New York, we were like, something's wrong here. The Simpsons doesn't seem good now. Yeah. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I remember the New York episode is very. Yeah, it's, it's to the point where I saw it and was like what what's what's going on you know what happened to the simpsons it's like 
It's it's not that it was bad. It was just it stopped being spectacularly good, and it felt like an insult. It, it felt like a slap in the face that The Simpsons wouldn't do its best for us. Yeah, I do remember because like until that season, I remember if you watch The Simpsons, you were pretty much in the in the golden years. You know, like you never you, missed it. No, yeah, exactly. You were guaranteed one laugh out loud moment in every episode, which. Doesn't sound like a lot, but compared to any other sitcom, and that's like an incredible uh, track record. Um, and then, yeah, then season nine, I think. Or yeah. Was, then it was just like, oh, what happened? You guys well, all went what on happened vacation. was the good guys left to make Mission Hill. Oh, Mission Hill is pretty good, though. So yes, <laughs> um, t- uh, they got robbed, but you know. Um, yeah, because like I remember watching the episode where they where Homer buys a gun, and yeah. just being like, and just being like, huh, it's not like bad, but it's but it's also, I the two things about it where it's like, okay, first of all, why is Homer buying a gun from this guy? Homer should be buying a gun from Herman of Herman's Military Antiques. They literally have a character whose whose whole sole purpose on the show is selling firearms. Feels like weird that he's not buying it from him, you know? Yeah, yeah where's Herman? Um, yeah, exactly. And then secondly, the saw him. oh, that the when was the last time we saw? It? I think the last time we saw Herman was when in that Halloween episode where they dropped the bomb on Springfield. Mm. Um, I don't recall seeing it other than crowd shots when they have a mob, you know. Um, but uh, and also that episode, it's like Homer joins the NRA. And yeah. it's like, and the NRA is like, Homer, you're being very irresponsible with your gun. You're kicked out. And it's like, why is the Simpson pulling its, pulling its punches, punches in making fun of the NRA and making them out like responsible gun owners? Well, this I is suppose weird. the joke being that Homer is so irresponsible, even the NRA won't take him. But I mean, it, it, they could have told the joke better. They yeah. could have told the joke better because it did not come across that way to me, you know? So I feel like that episode was just like, I don't know. That was like, huh? I, I really. That is also when they just started doing the thing where they're like, "Hey, we're gonna get a celebrity and just build this episode around them." Now, you know, yep. it was like, oh god, why? I don't care if the Simpsons meet uh, uh, Clint Howard. I don't care. That's when they know? started having really abrupt endings where they're just like, "Well, we don't have an ending. Good night." Yeah, remember when the one when it's like the Simpsons just start talking about how great NBC is? <laughs> no, I don't remember that one. Oh, uh, well, probably because it wasn't very good. <laughs> so it's just just a weird ending. Oh, my God. Then just just uh, man, um, you kids today don't know what it was like. I had a I had a coworker who I was explaining this to and he was like, I don't know. I don't watch the Simpsons. And I was like, OK, but you have to understand 30 years before you were born, the Simpsons was very, very good. Um, it's not, so I understand that you don't, you don't, you know, in your lifetime, the Simpsons has never been good, but you weren't there. The Simpsons was like the best, you know, when it came out, people were like, wow, this is the best show since Alf. Yeah. Oh man. And I, I remember Alf. That was a good show though. Actually watching it again, I was like, I'm struck by what an asshole Alf is. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't like him at all. He's mean. Yeah, you, you really do uh, identify a lot more with Willie when you watch it as an adult. God, you know, it's too bad. Yeah, Will, 
we we have to reassess the real villain of, of Alf. <laughs> I don't think anyone considered Willie to be the villain of Alf. <laughs> <laughs> Willie's redemption arc. Yeah. <laughs> he got done. They done him dirty. Yeah. Um, Is he but, more of a uh, villain than the Akmanex? I I mean, I think I think Willie was uh, he was an antihero. Yeah, I guess. You know, I always thought it was funny when I watched Alf as an adult and realized that Willie's job, that he's yeah, a social he... worker. Oh, he's a social worker. I thought he was a I thought he was on TV. No, like, I mean, as a kid, I never picked up on what his job was. But as hmm. when I watched as an adult, he is a social worker. Oh, and okay. there's several episodes that bring it up because Willie is very upset that he hasn't been able that there he's working with some kid that he hasn't been able to help or something. Hmm. Um, I think, in fact, that's probably why he gets so involved with like Jake Alkmonic in later seasons, you know. Um, but it's just it's an interesting choice of of profession for him because yeah, like you said, usually if there's a TV guy a guy on TV, usually his job is either like. Oh, he goes to an office and and does work that we don't know what he does, or he's like on TV, you know? Um like Scorch. You remember Scorch? Yeah, Scorch was like an attempt to bring Alf back and they had one really clever idea, the idea that you could actually have Scorch around in public if you were pretending he was your your vent figure. <laughs> yeah. Because I think the guy on it was probably like a ventriloquist and that puppet was um, Scorch was probably his actual puppet, you know, uh, Scorch is a puppet that belongs to a vent ventriloquist called. Uh, oh, shoot. What was, what was his name? Ron Lucas. I saw a special by him with a uh, where he where he had another puppet, Cowboy Billy. But Scorch is his other uh, major puppet. And I guess they built this whole uh, show around him. But he didn't do Scorch as a as a ventriloquist act. He was just the puppeteer. It's really strange. Oh, so wait, but was he the guy on the show Scorch? No, uh, he was playing. He played Scorch. As and did the voice as the puppeteer, but he was not the he didn't appear on camera himself. Oh, so the guy who was actually on the show pretending to puppeteer Scorch was and do the voice was not the voice in the puppeteer Scorch. Right. He was. That is weird. That it feels weird. like they were trying to build it around Ron Lucas and make him the star. But, you know, I guess they figured it would be very difficult to have him talk to Scorch from across the room when he wasn't wearing him. Yeah. Well, that that show, um, it was, it, you know, it was it was kind of, um, I guess it was one of those sort of uh, late '80s high concept shows that came around in the wake of Elf. Uh, a lot of them didn't really hang out too long, though. No, um, no. The one that I was I wanted to see take off was Claws. That was a show about a family with three cats, and we could hear the cats' thoughts. Oh, that actually. They should bring that back. I bet that yeah. would be a huge hit right now. Yeah, it would be a huge hit. I guess it didn't get picked up because, you know, cats are difficult to direct. Yeah. Well, you know, they should just have an animatronic one, like in Sabrina. Yeah. Do you remember that uh, another high concept show from the era where it was like, it was like uh, Snow White and the Prince, but they were like modern times? Yes, the Charmings. I liked the Charmings. That was... Uh... Yeah, the idea was that uh, the the evil stepmother had uh, cast a sleeping spell on them, but accidentally got herself in it too, and a sing and one of the seven dwarfs, and then they wake oh, up in the eighties. 
they couldn't like find six more dwarfs. To be yeah, on the I show. guess they just wanted to get, you know, just, you know, we have one short actor who's really funny. We want him to him to be the focus, and Man. and her and she she was there, and her magic mirror was there, but and they were trying to sort of hold on to the medieval aspect. But uh, Snow White and uh, Prince Charming were. Uh, enthusiastic about joining the real world but prince charming had a bad habit of like you know whenever the bus was late or whatever he'd pull his sword and be like on guard <laughs> that's i i feel like that show didn't last very long though uh it had four seasons believe it or not oh wow i guess it did last long yeah um, tv shows used to last a lot longer than they do you know still the beaver lasted for five years oh my god wow um do you remember Okay, here's another high-concept show from the time. I think Eric Idle was on it, and he played a, a ghost. Nearly like, Departed. Is that that's it? That's it. That's the one, yes. I, I thought that was a... I, I guess I assumed because Eric Idle was in it that it was a British show, but maybe it wasn't. Um, It looks like it was American. Oh, okay, yeah. It lasted uh, from April 1989 to May 1989. Ooh, what? How do I remember this? It only existed for a month. Oh, it must be because my must be because my brother was a huge Python fan and insisted on watching it. <laughs> I mean, they got it was only around for a month, but they got out six ep. Oh no, they only aired. <laughs> they got four. out four episodes. They yep. four two ep- were four episodes. Yeah. I wonder, uh, gosh, I wonder if that means that uh, they lost media or can we know. find them somewhere? Um, does Eric Idle have them himself in his in his backyard? How does Eric Idle feel about this show? I'm curious. I wonder. <laughs> hmm. Well, anyway, um, the Fatty Finn. We, we Fatty really got Finn, off. yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> we really went off the rails because Fatty Finn was... Okay, one last thing about Fatty Finn. He has some nice penmanship. Wow. Oh, yeah, considering he, especially considering that he's working with, like, a quill and inkwell. Yeah, geez. The the ballpoint pen wouldn't have been invented for 20, 30 more years. And I feel like, so this whole movie is basically him doing, writing a What I Did With My Summer Vacation essay. Yeah. And um, we see his know. his essays to start with. And uh, he says, I have a dog named Pal. He doesn't mention his frog named Trump. Oh, and... was the dog in the? Oh, there was the dog was in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. He sold sausages. Yes. I've already forgotten that. <laughs> um, this movie has some real staying power. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe in Australia. Um well, I mean, so, yeah, I feel it like... did take place over the school holidays. He wrote it on the 16th of May. So I guess their school, their holidays are for spring. Huh. Oh, I guess spring break, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I Woo, spring I don't break. know when they do it down there. Do they? I don't know when they do spring break down there. Um, we do it around St. Patrick's Day here, but, you know. Actually, it looks like he spelled the, the frog's name Thumper. But in the in the movie, he clearly calls him Trump. Yeah. Okay. Um, maybe it's like Thompson, where they don't pronounce the H's down there. Okay. So it's just Tumper. <laughs> well, why not? Why not? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, from I now on, I I want somebody to interview Trump and just leave the R out every time. And now, forty <laughs> fifth president of the United States, Donald Tump. <laughs> <laughs> 
I see how many times he can get away with it before he notices it. <laughs> I feel like he would be very mad about it, which would make it very funny. <laughs> All right. Uh, so anything else we should say about Fatty Finn? Uh, uh, I don't. I'm not interested in reading the comics. I don't imagine that the comics are a good time. This had the potential to be a good time, and there are some parts that I didn't did in fact enjoy. But you know, as as I previously stated, you could cut a whole lot of this movie out and have thirty very funny minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know what, Australia, try harder next time, or try less. <laughs> I guess is what I should say. Just, I guess just we'll find out when we do Ginger Megs. Yeah. Um, I apparently what the person uh, I think the producer for this movie. Uh, was Yoram Gross, um, who of Golem Gross or wait no, uh, so uh, Yoram Gross, if if you've heard of him, apparently he was a uh, Australian uh, media tycoon known for making all sorts of Australian children's things, including the Dot series and wow. uh, Blinky Bill. So um, you know if you've watched any of those Australian, uh, what do you call them, Australianime? Uh, <laughs> Ostromation. Uh, you've probably seen his name because I always know seeing him being like <laughs> Yoram Gross. Yoram um, Gross. <laughs> but anyway, so it looks like uh, he was involved in this, and apparently, um, screenwriter Bob Ellis, uh, whose idea the film was, complained yeah, said, that there was came from from an idea by Bob Ellis, which makes it sound like. You know, it started with them at the bar, and he was like, I got an idea. Why don't we make a Fatty Finn movie? <laughs> well, Bob Ellis, as we know, is a famous Australian writer, journalist, filmmaker, and political commentator. Oh, really? So, apparently, he had a, that's why there's so much political commentary in Fatty Finn. Um, <laughs> you know, he's he's got strong feelings about, well, he does have strong feelings about, you know, unions. Capitalism, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, maybe. He was more than a hero. Bob he was a union man. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, apparently he complained about interference from the film's producers, John Sexton and Yoram Gross. But um, Sexton wanted a lot of changes, but apparently changed his mind after David Putnam praised Ellis's original draft. And you may ask, who's David Putnam? I would ask that, too. But apparently he's a uh, Australian, uh, sorry, a British film producer, educator, environmentalist and former member of the House of Lords. Huh. He produced Chariots of Fire. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, it looks he, like he's looks like I Bob Ellis has written a whole bunch of stuff that I've never heard of, including some plays. Yeah, Good. but uh, apparently Bob Ellis said that all the performances in the film are dreadful. The conspicuous exception being Burt Newton, who plays uh, the the dad. Yes, um, and he's right. Burt, Burt Newton is really great. He's really yeah. funny. <laughs> Yes. Um, other than that, yeah, it's a whole lot of, eh, eh. eh. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there is probably a reason that this is largely forgotten. But at the same time, you know, we've watched worse for our show. So, yes, that that is true. Um, I, I will say that so far, um, the, the Australia and uh, New Zealand, I, which I'm just going to I'm just going to say is, is basically Australia. 
Yeah. It's basically Australia, right? Uh, he mentions yeah. Anzac Day, which is a day to celebrate the uh, military, uh, the the Memorial Day for both uh, Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. You know what? I mean, there's no there's no New Zealanders here right now. There's no Kiwis no. around, so I can say it. It doesn't matter. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Get mad at us? Oh, no, we're different. Yeah, sure. And the Canadians like to think they're different, too. Whatever. Um, but uh, I'm just going to say that whole part of the world so far hasn't impressed me that much with their uh, <laughs> their media output. Um, I would say I think Flat Rock Falls is a little more entertaining than this one. Um, yeah, I think so. But, you know, general. So, so I don't think that we should be combining them into foot rot fats anytime soon. No, no. But um, I'm going to say I'll, I'll, I understand why uh, uh, the Snoopy man. Yeah. The Snoopy man. What's his name? Charles Skulls. <laughs> Thank you. That guy, Charles Skulls. Why he thought Foot Rot Flats was so great. I can mm-hmm. kind of see that. I don't think he would be like losing a shit over Fatty Finn anytime soon, though. Nah. And not just because he's dead. You know, I mean, <laughs> well, I, mean, I mean, so are four of the creators of Fatty Finn. Oh, no, wait, no, no, that's the other one. That's the Ginger Megs. Oh, yeah, that's right. I believe everyone involved in Fatty Finn is. Yeah. Yeah, because it died. Very it, dead. Fatty Finn stopped when the original creator died, just like Peanuts did. Also, Fatty Finn is based on a 1927 silent movie about Fatty Finn. I bet it's really good. Yeah, I bet it's great. Like, I, wow, they they loved it so much they had to remake it sixty years later. You know what? I'm going to say let's be kind to ourselves and not watch the original 1920s Fatty Finn movie. No, at least no. not. At least not yet. We have other things that we can look for. Because I have a feeling it's. I have a feeling that it's going to be like when we. What, what is? What do you think is the worst thing we've watched for this podcast? The most torturous thing. Um, um, Sabrina. Oh, that was pre- that was pretty torturous. Yeah, um, that was dire. You know, it's you know what have we what have we done this you know absolutely that was absolutely terrible that we hated every every minute of there's there's not that much where we're you know we have the uh, Roger Ebert I hated 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 this movie reaction. Yeah, but, I mean I think. I think we generally try to find good things in what we're watching. Um, I know, I remember getting very, very mad about the Zippy music video, but at least it was short. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we had a lot to say about it, at least. But uh, no, uh, oh, uh, maybe the uh, Garfield Eats uh, reality show. Oh, that that was at least well, that was very that, infuriating. It was, but it it was definitely fascinating. You know, yeah. I will say it was not boring. <laughs> um, and I look forward to Nathan Landry's next yeah. thing. Or Masri. I don't know what his name Nathan was. Masri. Nathan yeah, Masri. Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, Nathfield. Yes. Nathfield. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. I guess one of these days we should actually read Nathfield and yes. uh, do, a, do do the Nathfield saga. Because um, we, we didn't actually look at Nathfield that much, I don't no. think. Um, uh, what about okay? Uh, what about Bubsy? Was that painful? Uh, Bubsy was kind of painful, but it was short. You know. Yeah. Um, I feel like this, maybe this was a little more painful than Bubsy. Yeah, you um, think so? Okay. What about Fat Slags? Oh, you know what? 
Oh, that's a that's a tough one. I am going to say Fat Slags was less painful only because it, it was made in a very specific that that like cool Britannia early aughts yeah. and watching it was just like such a time capsule that I couldn't look away. But you know, but I'm sure that like that if I was of a certain age and I kind of thought of like 1980 Australia the same way that I think of like the early aughts then mm. this movie would probably be that for me but it's not so <laughs> what about um, Carlton your doorman yeah that was that was probably more painful than this yeah that was pretty bad oh my god oh why do they even why why what about not... what about I go pogo oh Man, that should have been better than it was. It really did. Yeah, that was more just disappointing than painful. Yeah. It was like you I mean, saw so much potential that they did not live up to. The good thing about that episode is just that, that uh, Morbius like had so much knowledge about Pogo. Yes. That, I mean, she really like made it fascinating, you know? I suppose if we had someone who is like the Fatty Finn expert on to talk about Fatty Finn, then maybe this wouldn't be so bad. But yeah. I doubt such a person exists. Hey, fatty fin experts, come on down. We want to have you on. We'll watch the kids' steaks if you show up. Yeah, the problem the problem is any fatty fin expert is probably going to be Australian, and I don't really know that I want to talk to one of those people. Mm. <laughs> you know they uh, eat cats down there. Uh, is that true? I mean, I I, be- I believe it. Uh, they probably you know yeah that's why they had such a big mouse problem. Oh, that's right. You know, cats they- there have pouches. Oh yeah. Even the males. It's called a primordial pouch. That's right. You know, I hear that. And you know, the funny thing, actually, speaking of the Simpsons, you know, (laughs) not doing their research. uh, Pouches aren't full of mucus. What are they talking about? They're not. What are they full of? No, they're just they're 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 normal. They're they're lined with fur. No, I guess it must have been a rabid kangaroo. Yeah. Like in 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 real life, you could ride. Listen. Listen, I, I had a pet possum, and they just have a nice fur-lined pouch that you can stick your hand in. You can put stuff in it, which we did sometimes <laughs> as a joke, you know? And she would just walk around with stuff in her pouch then, if you like really? a spare key. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a, it's fur-lined, it's nice and dry and warm, and, you know, because if you're gonna, if you're gonna put your babies in there, why would you want to cover your babies in mucus, you know? <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna tell, just say, I'm just gonna say that, like, you can... You can travel by bus. You can travel by train. You can walk if you'd like and get soaked in the rain. But the best way to travel, I'm telling you, is to ride in the pouch of Red Kangaroo. Oh. Well, now we know. Yes. Anyway, wow, we talked two hours about Fatty Finn. We did. (laughs) And other topics. Yes. uh, (laughs) Mostly about The Simpsons, yeah. Yeah. But that's why people come to this show, to not learn about comics. Yep. You know, you get to you get to hear us recount the thing uh, with uh, with a practiced eye, but then we learn all about it with you. Yes. And then we just talk. Then we just do other things like, yeah, talk about Simpsons and uh, malign Australia. Um, Yes. We hate the Australians. We hate them. Yeah. So listen, I'm just not saying. We're not saying that, like, Australians are, are bad, but wouldn't you be happier back in your own country? Wouldn't you be happier to stay there and not come here? You know, 
No, just stay there with, with whatever you do. You know, I don't know what Australians do. Frankly, I don't want to know. <laughs> it's it's a market we can do without. Um, but uh, yeah, would, wouldn't, you be, wouldn't you be happier if you returned to the homeland and let the uh, indigenous people have Australia back? I mean, that'd be even better, I think. I just think that, like, anytime Australians Americans are going to do that, though. That's that's that, no, that's no, not no, a we're question. Not no, 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 we're not going to do that. We're we're going to do we'll do land acknowledgments, but we're not giving it back because we're because we're hypocrites. But um, Australians, I'm just saying, don't come here to America because whenever Australians come to America, it's a bad scene. I mean, think about it. Mel Gibson, uh, Rupert Murdoch. Come on, we don't want you here. <laughs> Go away, uh, Russell Crowe. Yeah, uh, Russell Crowe. Oh God, all oh, just, just, just terrible, terrible. Um, uh, uh, what's what's his name? Wolverine. He's, yeah, actually, he's pretty good. Oh, I think he's Canadian, isn't he? Well, no, not Wolverine is Canadian, but the actor who plays him Australia. What? Oh my yeah. God! Wow, well, I guess he's very talented then, because <laughs> you would never <laughs> guess, <know>. right? <laughs> I never would have guessed. Um, well, now that I know, I just, I'm now I'm never going to watch those movies again because oh. <laughs> I'm, ne- I'm never a support in Australian. Uh, uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, it's all in good fun. It's all in good fun. We, we, we don't actually hate Australia or the Australians. Um, you know, um, I, I, I hope, I, I, well, I mean, you know. I, I haven't met enough to know. I mean, I, I, I felt bad that I asked uh, a woman where she was from, and she said, Australia, a couple of times, and I didn't understand her. <laughs> you were like, oh, Austria, huh? Oh, good day, mate. No. Yeah. <laughs> For another shrimp on the bobby. No, I, I don't speak a lot of strine, but my my uh, my friend Matt, a.k.a. Hydon, uh, moved from America to Australia to marry his wife and never, never regretted it, apart from, you know, all the issues that come with uh, immigrating in the first place. So. Wait, he married an Australian woman? Yep. So I have a question that you can ask him. So his Australian wife, does she have a pouch or does she lay eggs? Definitely eggs. I've, I've <laughs> talked to this woman. It's eggs. <laughs> It's so many eggs. <laughs> like a Yoshi. Oh my god, no not even like a Yoshi, like like yeah, you know that cartoon where they sing for Porky Pig and he, you know, shoots out a mountain of eggs? It's like that. Oh. <laughs> Man, I'm learning so much about the Australians. Anyway, uh anything any final words before we uh we we put this to bed? Um, please don't sue us, Australia. Yeah, yeah. Come on, please Australia. don't invade us. We're we're just we're just having a laugh, as as you say. Fair dinkum, struth. Yep. Good on I mean, you, mate. One thing about Australia is that now everyone I know says no worries, and that used to be uh, an exclusively Australian New Zealand thing. Oh, so, that's right. That's right. We uh, we appropriated that. Yes, I, I remember the only, one of the only places you used to be able to hear it was from the uh, crocodile dentist commercial. Yeah, doctor, that's my right. tooth hurts. No worries, I'm the crocodile dentist. Man, you're right. That uh, now everyone does it. Yep. So um, you know, hey, no good, good on you, Australia. I guess you, I guess you won in the end. Here's did I t- did I talk about my favorite? Uh, uh, my favorite comic that came from New Zealand. The no. One, uh, it, it was published in Last Gasp Comics. And it was this 
story about, you know, strange butchers that the uh, author had met. And there's like, well, the first story was just, you know, he was like four years old and he wandered into a butcher shop going, mm, me like meat. And the butcher said, ah, just in time. I ran out of sausages. Get over here so I can cut your dick off. Ah! <laughs> Wait, so he met a series of strange butchers in real life? Yes. <laughs> and, the, and the next one was when he went to a butcher and he was like, you know, this butcher says no worries all the time. Let's just count it and see it. Just count how many times he says it while we're there. And, you know, the butcher said it about nine times in uh, in everyday conversation. And then they started, like, purposefully messing things up, dropping things off of shelves just to make him say it more. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, no worries. No worries. No worries. <laughs> I feel like you don't want to me- you don't, you don't want to mess with a butcher though. No, I feel like no. that could go wrong. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, uh, we saw that happen to Fatty Finn. He uh, he messed up with a butcher. Yeah, well, and look where that got him. Yeah, yeah, he <laughs> Actually, lost a bob or a quid. Or yeah, a, <laughs> he lost, or he lost a yen or whatever it is. <laughs> he he lost uh he lost a uh, I don't a know ruble. <laughs> Well, he lost Fatty a simoleon. <laughs> he lost uh, an Iraqi dinar. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> All right. Well, that's Fatty Finn. So, um, uh, wouldn't really recommend it, but nah, no, you know, you know we can't stop what if it. Had been na- what if the kid had been named Skinny Fat? I mean, that'd be pre- that that'd be more appropriate, I guess, because yeah. he's really not that fat. He's no. he's actually quite thin, as the uh, theme song reminds us. Yeah, um, it's like you know, don't don't start your movie by saying by explaining that you were brought here on false pretenses. You know, that's yeah. like that's like pumpkin head. He doesn't really have a pumpkin head. <laughs> Can you imagine, like in the theater, like all the people who just get to hear that theme song, they're like, "Why never?" and they're just storming out. <laughs> You promised me a fat head. <laughs> I mean, I came. I imagine those people. Imagine the what a cruel joke on the viewing public. All those honest working people. Oh, you want to see a movie? Let's let's go see the movie. We gotta go see Fatty Finn. Oh, go see the fat kid. Okay, you got counting out the money to buy the tickets. And then you gotta go in. You sit down. You more money for like popcorn or a. Uh, Zagnuts or whatever they eat in Australia, and um, you know, and then immediately on the screen, he's not very fat at all. He's actually quite thin. Oh, oh. <laughs> like you know what we did to get the money to go see Fatty Finn? We had to win a goat race. <laughs> <laughs> he and then you come home, and your box. parents are like, "Guess what? We adopted a fat kid." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it all works out in the end.